0: And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick.
1: Well, we got a busy hour, hour number two of the show, and we are brought to you by our great friends at Remy Martin. Team up for excellence, Remy Martin, with their brand-new patio bar, their back bar inside the M. The M, where the new Raiders Tavern and Grill is. Really big Remy Martin presence back there, thrilled. Anthony Beck is going to join in in a minute. Also, Nota Begay, a former PGA golfer, now does a great job as a broadcaster, longtime friend of Tiger Woods, He's going to join us. He's calling in in 15 minutes exactly, so we got to get ready for him. And then also the vice president and general manager, check this out, at T-Mobile Arena, Dan Quinn. The five-year birthday of T-Mobile was yesterday. We'll take a look back at that great venue and what it's mean to this city. So we got a really cool, unique hour. I'm excited about it, but let's go out to our next guest, former 10-year tight end in the league what a great tight end he was for a couple of stops along the way including the Jets the Buccaneers the Rams Cardinals and Chiefs and now he's the pre and post game host for the Jets as the Jets traded Sam Darnold Anthony Beck kind enough to join us Anthony great to talk to you again walk me through the Darnold trade did you like it
2: yeah you know I saw both sides I mean you what know, I've been totally uh against him you know staying put and and continuing to build with the draft picks and potentially trading down and getting some even – some either deeper, you know, depth to some of the players that they could have gotten, that would have been a a solid idea. I would have been behind that. But I also get the mindset as, you know, look, this this is a new system. Uh, Everybody's on the – you know, starting from day one, same page. Uh, If there's a quarterback out there that fits the scheme on what you're trying to sell – you get a kid that's coming in potentially, you know, everybody has a bunch of these guys in the top five that is gonna come in, you know, kinda of fresh, you know, hadn't made maybe the catastrophic mistakes or gone through the ups and downs as uh, Sam Darnold has gone through. And and you look at his career and the ups and downs, the injuries, the lack of weapons, the organization itself pre Joe Douglas, what they didn't do to support him, you know, he, he acquired some bad habits and they're just leaning on the side as if, you know, look. It may be better for both ends of the spectrum to kind of get a fresh start. And I think that's how they look at it. As far as the the compensations concerned, I mean, look, I mean, you know, again, post-Joe Douglas is a top three pick in the NFL draft. You're not getting that back in return, obviously, because it didn't work out the way you wanted. But as far as salvaging something and getting something for them, I mean, I think the goal was a second rounder. They got more than that. So they'll be able to utilize at least one of those picks in the draft this year. And then, of course, next year just adds on to the total depth of the 20-plus players they're going to be able to get in this year's and next year's draft.
1: Anthony Beck is our guest. Yeah, that's interesting to me because next year they're loaded, loaded with draft picks. Do you sense? Because they're going to get a quarterback, and I think we know who the quarterback's going to be, but... Do you think that they'll even be more trade-happy in this year's draft or want to spread it out equally over the next two years? Because there's not going to be a quarterback coming out uh, next year like we're seeing this year. They'll get probably Zach Wilson number two overall, and then we take a look at next year where they could load up at a a particular side of the ball, offense or defense, they're loaded.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can make a a, a top-tier trade, with some of those draft picks and get just an ultimate superstar that's already maybe under contract, Um, you know, you can move yourself up or down. I mean, look, they got a ton of picks and and, and scattered throughout. I think it's two firsts and three twos next year uh, to start. So you're right. You just have a ton of flexibility. I think the biggest thing for Joe Douglas is you got to get it right, man. You got to pick the right players to make sure that these guys get on the field and, you know, conversely help. Uh, the quarterback be successful if it's an offensive guy and then defensively building something that, you know, can keep you in ball games. And, you know, Robert uh, Salah is the guy that's uh, – is a defensive-minded guy, and he should have that side cooking and, and getting the pieces that they want. They build up the defensive line a little bit in the off season, So, uh, you know, they got themselves some guys that can play up front. So, again, it's just adding the parts and, and, and making sure now that, you know, we know the history of drafting quarterbacks high – is normally they don't go on very good teams, and the support system is not there. But when you look at what it could be and how quickly it can turn, this could be a you know finally a favorable situation for the Jets moving forward. But ultimately, it will come down to Joe and his staff getting it right, picking the right guys, and making sure that they stick.
1: Anthony Beck, the great football analyst, kind enough to join us. So I'm a little bit confused on Matt Rule. Because, as you know, what could happen to a coach and knock a coach out of the league is if he doesn't have a great quarterback when he's a new coach for those first three years. We've seen it with franchises that struggle. I'm just, I'm just sensing that Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold are not the way Matt Rule drew it up when he left college to come to the NFL. Do you think they're committed with Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater still on the roster? And the GM said that they still have the ability with the eighth pick in the draft to go quarterback. So I'm getting mixed messages.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, they got Sam pretty cheap. I mean, there's a lot of upside there if you can get him right. Uh, I would say as of today, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. So I'm not quite sure the angle as far as what they feel uh, from that perspective. Um, You know, Joe Brady's being, you know, touted as the elite play caller and the guy that can make it all work. Well, didn't work last year. Now, you know, to, to Teddy Bridgewater's support, he didn't have the arguably the best running back in the game all around, as far as Christian McCaffrey's concerned, and it struggled. They struggled mightily. That's, you know, leaning on a quarterback the entire season, not having some balance, which is something that I think Teddy's, you know, you need to have that balance with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater to be successful. They didn't have it. You know, Mike Davis did a nice job, uh, they lost him in free agency. So, you know, what is Sam Darnold bringing that's different or, you know, as far as, you know, what they can actually, you know, produce out of him in Carolina, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, and you're right, the fact that they said that they're still open to potentially drafting a guy is a bit of a head scratcher too. So, it leads me to believe that just just they're not quite sure what they have or what they want. Um, just trying to find those proper pieces. I think they feel like they have some some guys around their quarterback when healthy that they can compete, but I think, again, just like a lot of the the teams that are in the bottom half of the NFL, they need a lot more than just one guy. But finding the quarterback ultimately is going to be their biggest deal. And I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan and uh, supporter, and I think he's a guy that I think you can win with. But apparently he doesn't fit what they're trying to do. So what is it that they're looking for? I'm not quite sure.
1: Anthony, back as we wrap it up, you had a, a great run, and you played not from the Jets, you went to the Buccaneers and a lot of people talk about the bucks culture when they started off and came into the league as an expansion team they didn't have culture and they were always featured on nfl films and bloopers because they couldn't win then john gruden uh when tony dungy's team couldn't get over the hump john gruden wins the super bowl against the raiders now it's bruce arians and this team that has come back what what goes on with this franchise there's been highs and lows But these two Super Bowl victories for them are iconic. Two of the great and more dominant Super Bowl wins out there, and now the Bucs are reloaded with that whole roster coming back.
2: Yeah, this is an opportunity to get it right long-term, I think. You know, a Mm -hmm. lot of people see this short-term window with Brady. I I see differently. I I think that, you know, the Buccaneers have a unique opportunity they can find another quarterback to learn and process and get themselves prepared, that they have the youth around both sides of the football that they can make this thing extend. No one knows how long Brady's going to play. I mean, you have to take it year by year because it's just, you know, at some point something's going to happen. I don't think he'll ever leave on the terms he wants to leave on. But I think he's fully satisfied on the other side as a player. I, I think it, no matter how he goes out, you know, he, he's going to feel good about what the situation is. This team's set up to make more, another run. There's no question mm-hmm. they are the front runners. Uh, they did a great job of saying, look, instead of going out adding pieces – Missing, messing a little bit with the continuity. Let's just bring everybody back, and you rarely see that because there always all cha- there are wh- always are changes to rosters year in and year out. Even if you win it all, so uh, again, th- th- this team will be tough to beat. This this division now again the quarterback play takes a little bit st- a couple steps back now with no breeze and older Matt Ryan, and of course the turmoil or at least uh, currently at the position on what Carolina wants to do. So. They should have this division on on lockdown. It's just a matter of you know coming out and starting faster, which they didn't do last year. Even though they you know were seven and three or seven and four to start the season, I think they'll be that much better. So remember, OJ Howard comes back. Uh, you know he wasn't yes. there last year, which I think to me is just going to be a game changer. People are going to see what he's going to bring to the table when they have both him and Gronk on the field, which I saw early on in the season. Uh, which you know may not have shown up as far as the the wind's concerned, but I just feel like that that's the combination that is going to bring Brady over the top even more, so it's a scary team, man. It's good to see them all back and again, uh they have a chance now, if Jason likes smart you know if he can find that piece to 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 kind of nestle in there and learn from Brady that they could be set up moving forward.
1: last question, do you envision yourself broadcasting into a sold out? sold-out MetLife in the first Jets home game, or are you still wary of that because of COVID concerns?
2: I hope so. I mean, you know, I saw a couple baseball stands. I think it was the Texas Rangers yeah. who just packed the joint. I mean, uh, I think that, you know, here in Florida, they're starting to pull back the restrictions with masks. I think as of today in the county that I live in, it's not mandatory. So, again, you know, you see the change. Now states like the New York City tri-state area up there, it's a little different, you know, a little more massive people there. And uh, they'll have to make their decisions probably a little slower than my, than many. But I do believe that, uh, you know, I would say you would have to at least say you could double the capacity at the worst moving forward with the vaccines, the way they're getting pushed out. Uh, I just think that, you know, we, we should be set in a moment there where, you know, most of the cities, most of the stadiums have an opportunity to potentially be full day one. And, if, and that's the case. I think it will be because. Uh, This is an exciting time for the organization. I think a lot of people are going to want to know how the quarterback's going to play and all the other new, you know, toys and pieces that are there through the draft. Uh, It's got to hit, though, man. You know, the Jets got to figure out a way to do it. If they do, the fan base will be there to watch it and support it. But, again, they they don't want to be there to to see another, you know, catastrophe as well. So, you know, hopefully things work out and we we see better, better times up in New York.
1: Thanks, Anthony. Always appreciate your time. Great stuff as always. You got it. Thanks for having me. All the best, Anthony Beck, fantastic. So it's a big deal. The Jets really made a big, big move, a huge move, considering they're picking number two and Carolina's picking number eight. That could have a big impact on the Raiders when it comes to available players after that. Uh, let's keep it going here, Raider 914. Thanks for holding. You're up next. Go ahead.
0: Hey, JT, love the show. Uh, great interview with Toomey. I love how you bring the old players on. And we Thank can, you. Uh, we can hear some of those cool stories. I've been listening to you for the last couple of weeks, and I and I, just, I just hope that Mayock and, and Gruden are listening, too. The, the best days of this organization were built uh, from, from intimidating defenses, and it's been so long. Um, I just want to say something, and I'll hang up and listen. We, we've been bad for, for years um, and I think that we're we're finally at a point where where we don't need to to uh, pinpoint certain positions. Um, in other words, we've been trying to to collect as many draft picks as possible the last few years because we had so many areas to address. Um, our talent was so depleted, and this is the first time in a while where I think we have an opportunity to to uh, actually draft up and finally get a stud on defense. It's been way too long. I, I love what you're saying about Kamora, a mm. linebacker. We need a linebacker. How many years has it been? Uh, JT, we had a head coach who was a linebacker and a GM who was a, a pro linebacker at the same time with McKenzie and Del Rio. And I remember talking to my father, my cousin, my buddies, how could these guys ignore the linebacker position year after year after year? Uh, I love what you're saying about Kamora or, or Parsons. Let's trade up. Let's trade up and get a stud finally on defense.
1: Thanks, Jake. Yeah. yeah, that's where I stand on it, too. I agree with you. You framed that phone call really well because the Raiders haven't had that type of presence on defense in a long time. And, look, Mad Max is Mad Max to me is an old-school Raider. He's an overachiever who's now coming into his own, and he's played at a high level. I, I like what he does. Cleveland Farrell was drafted really high as a leader from a national championship team at Clemson to be a difference maker, right? A great player. This is an organization that had Otis Sistrunk from the University of Mars. And when you look at Ted Hendricks from Miami, you look at the players that have come in. Ted Hendricks had to come in via playing for multiple teams, but they got him. Matt Millen. Oh, my God. Matt Millen's one of my all-time favorite Raiders. Was he the greatest player of all time? No. Was he a great Raider? Four-time Super Bowl champ. Brilliant Raider. Piano. Maybe the guy that means the most to me ever. George Atkinson. Was George a Hall of Famer? No, but George played big in some of the biggest games ever played. Right? you got to have a presence a fear. And the ability, as Al Davis said, the quarterback must go down early in those first 15 plays. And if you're going to draft Cleveland Farrell, and if Max Crosby is going to get better, which I expect him to, and then you're going to have a player like Yannick Ngakwe, the quarterback must go down. And now they got, look at my depth chart I have here in my office. When I look at all the players that they have on defense, they got a lot of players that they brought in who are going to be playing defensive tackle. And some of them got to pop. They got to be great. They can't be good. You know, the, the Jelly Ellis era is over. Jelly Ellis was a fine Raider. But I was here when Darryl Russell, before he passed away, God bless him, he went to the Pro Bowl in his first two years. He was a super elite player. Russell Maryland, his cowboy years are what he's famous for. And the same with Warren Sapp, winning a Super Bowl, but he played hard for the Raiders. Richard Seymour, who I didn't think was a great, great Raider at all. His years were behind him. But you know what I'm talking about. Guys who have come in, guys who have come in who are supposed to have, you know, made a difference. And it's hard to make a difference in the NFL when you're a veteran, when, you you know, you've been through two contracts. And it's really tough to make a difference when you're a young player and you come into the league. It's very hard to be a rookie or a sophomore player who goes to the Pro Bowl. But the Raiders have to be better than this. Noda Begay, kind enough to join us. The former PGA golfer who does an amazing job as a broadcaster on multiple platforms and joins us from Bet Online. And Noda, thanks for joining us. Everything looks beautiful at the Masters. And even though we have a pandemic, we're getting a November and an April Masters. How excited are you?
3: (laughs) It's really exciting. You know, one of the funny things is that, uh, if Dustin Johnson ends up winning again, which only three players have done in the history of the Masters, um, he, because the August Masters is part of the 2021 season, he will have won two Masters in the same golf season. So I just kind of find that interesting.
1: Yeah, I find it amazing because it, it could be... It could be his legacy, Noda. Right? I mean, this could be. I don't know if he's going to win nine, ten majors. I think he should have more by now. But the fact, if he can win the Masters back to back in a calendar year, that will be his legacy going forward as a Hall of Famer. It's a special window into a great golfer's career.
3: Yeah, we'll we'll have the we'll have a Tiger Slam and we'll have the DJ Slam, right. um, which which would be you know an interesting trivia question. You know, twenty years from now.
1: Nota Begay is our guest. I got so much to get to, I'll, I'll fly through it. I love Chambeau's game and what he did last year when he tried to pick out sidelines and try to dominate the course with his length. What do you think he's learned from that as he continues to want to take it over the trees and take the easy way around having these wedges into the greens? Do you think this philosophy will work this time around?
3: Well, I think what he learned from that is he can't go out and overpower augusta national it's just not the kind of course that you can do that to especially now that this week it's playing firm and fast. There there is a little bit of rain in the forecast but um i don't think it's going to be enough to really dramatically change um how the golf course is playing it, it's going to be it's going to be hard it's going to be different um almost the polar opposite than for how it played in november but if you just look at how Bryson tried to take his driver and, and really just dominate, like you said, Augusta National in August, um, and he did not play well. And so what has happened is he's tried to become a little bit more tactical with his choices. Is If you look at how he played uh, TPC Sawgrass uh, mm-hmm. during the Players' Championship, which he almost won a few weeks ago, He was taking more fairway medals off of tees. He was hitting hybrids off of tees on par fives. And so he wasn't trying to utilize his driver as often as possible. Um, The week before the players at the Arnold Palmer, he led the field in driving distance. But at the players, he was 10th in driving distance. So that tells me he's trying to be more strategic with the power that he now possesses. Which I think over the course of the next couple years is really going to serve him well at Augusta. I just don't know that he's able to, win a, I, I don't think he's going to be able to win it this year, although um, he will be probably in the top 10.
1: Nota joins us as we're previewing the Masters. Bet online. Go to betonline.net for all the odds as they're moving. I think this John Rahm story is amazing. His wife was going to give birth probably over the weekend or Monday. She had the baby. He gets there late now. And it seems like he is at peace. He is happy. Another guy who has tremendous strength and can vomit past everybody. But, Nota, I still think of his putting and the frustrations that he had the first couple of times at Augusta National. How tough is it? You've done it. How tough is it to read these greens? How many years does it take to get comfortable at Augusta on the greens?
3: Well, it takes years and and years and years for for many players. Um, It took, you know, over 10 years for Phil Mickelson to win his first Masters. In Dustin Johnson's first five starts at Augusta, he had zero top tens. His last five starts, he's five for five in top tens. So, Um, it does take a while to sort of get to know this venue. Um, But, you know, looking at Rom's performance uh, since he started playing in 2017, you know, nobody's utilized their driver more effectively. There's a a category we use um, called strokes gained off the tee, which is basically an assessment of how a player utilizes their driver to create scoring opportunities. Well, he's first in that category, so he's first. Over the last four years, nobody's done it better than John Rom, um, and he's 16th, 16th in putting. But where he's really struggled, surprisingly, is in his iron play. And I think that's what you have to look for this week. If he's if he's hitting his irons good, and an easy way to look at that is his par three scoring. So if John Rom starts to play the par threes well, meaning he's even par um, on the par threes after the first day. Then you know his his chances of factoring come Sunday um, become um, statistically much better.
1: Noda Begay, kind enough to join us for a few minutes. NBC Sports Golf Channel analyst with Bet Online here as he joins us. Walk me through Justin Thomas now. Winning the Players with the deepest field, he's got to be very confident now. His long game, he can hit it as far as anybody. The the irons seem to be locked in, and again a question of his great putting and chipping compared to jordan spieth who just won at valero who do you like better spieth or thomas coming in
3: well um i like spieth because he's he's got better (laughs) off um (laughs) yeah quite simply i i i've never been a chalk player i love i love the ponies um I, I, if anything's 5 to 2 or low I, I won't I won't bet it typically mm-hmm. um just because I I think there's there's better value out there and um if I were to get a choice between a JT or Speed I would take a Speed um but that being said nobody's hit more greens in regulation over the last 3 years than Justin Thomas at 75% he's ahead of DJ he's ahead of Tiger he's ahead of Kepka he's ahead of of everybody in that category over the last 3 years which is why you've seen his finishes improve um, steadily every year with with his best finish of his career last year or last August um, being fourth so JT's trending he's going to be dangerous um, but if it were if it we're like I said if it were up to me I'll, I'll take speed
1: no to finally it's uh, a long shot here I can't believe I'm saying it Jason day 60 to one Billy Horschel we just saw win 85 to one Bubba 90 to 1. Is there anybody out there after maybe 50, 60 to 1 that you're kind of looking into here at Bet Online that you think has a good chance to be there on Sunday?
3: Yeah, there's two guys. I think Horschel has a real good chance um, to sort of factor. He, he really is a player that um, is, is able to utilize um, success and then parlay that into future success. Um, and then Daniel Berger there, you know, there's, there's no major blemishes on, on his performance record leading into the Gus into, into Augusta and, you know, recently had a win this season has been playing really solid golf. And I think he's at, um, in the 40 to one neighborhood. So, uh, you know, those are two players with some big value that meet, you might be able to swing into some top five, um, picks top 20 picks and still get some mileage out of it. So, um, I, I would be looking at two guys like that.
1: Thank you. And your long-term friendship from Stanford all the way through life with Tiger. Now that he survived that car accident and he's doing better, can you just share with us how he's feeling? or Not, not too deep and what you say privately to him, but we're all happy he's here with us. And I'm not even talking about golf. I know he's going to get through this. He's going to come back and play again, but we're all thrilled that Tiger survived that crash. How did you see it?
3: Um, you know, I'm just happy in talking to him over the last couple of weeks, you know, his spirits have turned, uh, he's got a great attitude just like you would expect him to have. And he's just really touched by, um, you know, the support that he's received from, I mean, when I'm out walking and reporting, um, for NBC sports at these tournaments, you know, I walked the final 36. Last weekend with Jordan Spieth when he went on to win, but mm-hmm. I'm out there and you know there's fans and, and and kids and volunteers and people walking up to me because they know our friendship has been you know 40 plus years and just saying you know give give our best, give our love, send our prayers and it's just so touching and I always make sure he knows that people are sending their best to him because when you're in those sorts of situations and you're laid up because you're hurt. Um, knowing those kinds of things can lift your spirits. And he's really embraced that, and he appreciates everything that everyone has, has sent to him. Um, radio shows and, and TV shows and people like yourself, Just they make all the difference in the world. and I just hope you guys know that, um, that, that he really appreciates it.
1: Well, there's nothing better than being a friend in life that matters because we all claim to have friends, and we know who our best friends are and for you to have a relationship and to help your friend out. At this point in time, it's a big part of your great career as a broadcaster and a golfer and your legacy to have a friend like that. And he cares that much about you as you care about him. Nota, thanks for joining us uh, from Bet Online. Really appreciate this. Enjoy the Masters. All the best.
3: My pleasure, guys. Take care.
1: You got it. Nota Begay, live from Augusta, as he is there and he is helping out with Bet Online. Appreciate that. I mean, he's arguably Tiger Woods' best friend as a golfer. Now, Tiger's got other really good friends, Freddie Couples. If you look at Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas is spending a lot of time with Tiger, going to his house and watching him, you know, rehab and being there for him. The golf is incredible. And the job that Noda does on Golf Channel and NBC is fantastic. I don't know how I would survive without Golf Channel in my house. That channel is on before any of the garbage that could be on in the morning other than my friend Stephen A. I like Stephen A. He'll be on in the background, but Golf Channel is the way I ease into the day after I walk my dog and make some coffee, the piece of Golf Channel. All right, we're gonna talk about the five-year birthday of T-Mobile Arena coming up next. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a big part of our community, brought to you by Grimaldi's.
0: Now comes around, they score! Alec Martinez! Theodore got it from the right side, dished across to the left circle. Alec Martinez has his second goal of the
1: game. It's his seventh of the year. Vegas leads 3-1 with 12.52 to play in the second. Uh, Knights Radio here, part of our great team here at Lotus. And one of my favorite parts about Vegas is T-Mobile Arena five-year birthday Dan Quinn vice president and general manager of T-Mobile arena joins us Dan so great to talk to you I love T-Mobile uh, and the five years flew by how are you good and we love to hear that we
4: hope everybody that uh, gets a chance to come visit or see an event here feel the same way
1: well here's why I feel so good every time I've gone there I've had great memories. I've had great memories at concerts, boxing, and especially these Golden Knight games. When you go in, the location, let's talk about initially from the groundbreaking, getting that piece of real estate, how important it was for it to be right there off the strip.
4: Yeah, it's like, you know, they always say in real estate, it's location, location, location. It's no different for us, so... Being able to not only have a start of the state-of-the-art arena in Las Vegas, but be centrally located in the Strip, to where we're within walking distance of so many of the resorts up and down Las Vegas Boulevard. It just adds the experience, and obviously, you know, in most communities, you're driving to and from the venue. So for us to be, you know, a short walk away from so many hotel properties and resort partners, you can't beat that experience in terms of getting to an event and departing back to your, you know, whatever the rest of your night entails.
1: Early on, Billboard Live Music Awards top arena of the year. I want to talk to you because I'm a big music guy about the acoustics and putting it together, hide the nightclub, all the great seats wherever you are for a concert and the sound and how it initially was fixed and what you thought of it initially and now how you completely dialed it in for music.
4: Yeah, well, like you said, we, we definitely look at it as a special event uh, venue. It wasn't designed to be, you know, it was at least for sports. We knew music and entertainment would be a giant part of our programming here. So, you know, acoustics and sound baffling and those types of uh, architectural treatments were certainly key and forefront when we were designing the building. Uh, luckily, I think we got it right, and obviously you don't know until you play those these first few uh, shows, but uh, the feedback we've gotten from other industry people, from artists and managers, they uh, love the sound of the building, and like you said, it's just from every part of the design of the aspect was about enhancing and creating a great experience where that's for the guests attending the event, or the artists performing, the players playing, or even our employees that are working the venue, we want to make sure everybody has a great time in the venue.
1: Dan Quinn, Vice President and General Manager of T Mobile Arena on their five year birthday yesterday. And Dan, what else was important to me, which I loved about it, was Hyde Nightclub. Because when I had friends there and they were coming in to shows and to, for events or especially hockey games those tabletops and there would be times i would not go back to my seat i'd be having a beer looking over the glass feeling like i'm in the middle of a nightclub experiencing that in the venue i think that was really important to put that arena your arena over the top
4: yeah you know it's, we were cognizant of the fact that we were building a venue in las vegas we felt like we needed to vegasize it a little bit so to take an area of the venue that typically in a lot of other places is kind of like not uh great space to be in or definitely not profitable space for us to kind of come up with that design to create not only, you know, a unique use of the space but create something that becomes a destination for those in the venue. One of the key things for us was we, we wanted everybody in the venue to be able to have a VIP experience. So whether you buy the most expensive ticket or the cheapest ticket, we felt like Hive was that destination for anybody in the venue to go up there and whether you stay up there and watch the event up there or if you're just meeting friends up there for a drink, it's a great place to socialize. But, yeah, I mean, felt like we need to have that nightclub element within the arena to give it that unique uh, Las Vegas feel.
1: Absolutely nailed the Dan Quinn. Dan, I met my wife at the Rolling Stones at the Hard Rock at the joint back in the day. So we would go and we go see the Rolling Stones whenever we can when I saw him at T-Mobile, it was just breathtaking, the sound. I was there for McCartney, Elton John. I saw Lady Gaga there. Metallica, the way Metallica and the venue was set up was incredible. And the last show I saw pre-pandemic was tool. So how do you get these great concerts? And now with everything coming online from Allegiant Stadium, who we work with and we're thrilled about, and then when you take a look at the sphere and everything that's coming on, how do you keep these great concerts and who works behind the scenes to book them?
4: I mean, obviously, we've got a great uh, team at the corporate level that books not only T-Mobile Arena, but all the incredible you know venues that MGM Resorts operates. And it's just a testament to really the city of Las Vegas. It's such a great destination city that we're able to attract all these incredible entertainment options to come here more so than you know most other cities. And it's because not only do we entertain our great locals, but we have such an influx of visitors from every weekend that uh, you know we're able to provide a lot of different programming and have a lot of different uh, people that want to see different niches. And so the combination of having a great destination in Las Vegas and then building the right venues in the right places, like you said, when you stick. T Mobile in the middle of the strip with 18,000 seats, it just becomes a natural place for all these A level acts to come play because they have a great experience and we all, uh, you know, serve the purpose of uh, entertaining as many fans as possible and doing it.
1: Hey, Dan, finally, what a great partner with Dana White and UFC. I know boxing too, but UFC and the events that have gone on at T Mobile, incredible over the last few years.
4: Yeah, I mean, them along with the Knights, we consider those guys anchor partners with us. Mm And for us to have the opportunity to host them, you know, multiple times a year, and then uh, not only having them, but having some of the biggest events uh, in the history of UFC. I think we've got, you know, the three largest uh, gates in the history of the state of Nevada, and just being, uh, being able to be home to UFC, and for them, you know, being such a great partner to Las Vegas and the venue, and kind of bringing us those marquee events, it's great when you're able to host the, you know, the Khabib's, the Connors, the mm. the A-list of the UFC uh, roster there. It's, uh, everybody loves those events.
1: Hey Dan, last one, and it could be a tough one here. I had Bill Foley on li- a little less than a month ago. He wanted to be sold out by the playoffs, and I know you're dealing with the governor and CDC guidelines here, and the numbers have increased a little bit for the Golden Knights but what's it going to take to get it to 50 and then 100 percent how complex is this
4: yeah it's complex I mean I think the good news is that all the indicators especially here in Southern Nevada are all going in the right direction but ultimately yeah we're going to rely on the guidance from the state from the CDC from all of our resort partners you know certainly the utmost thing for us is to be able to host stands in a safe and healthy environment so while we'd love to be at 100 percent Uh, We'll get there when uh, everybody thinks it's the right time to do so, and you know maybe we'll be lucky enough. It'll be the playoffs. We're certainly excited to have the roughly 4,000 people we've got now and Mm -hmm. certainly welcome the opportunity to increase those numbers, but uh, we'll follow the guidance of the experts in in the health and the industry and make sure that we can get there safely, and we'll welcome 18,000 fans back when the time is right.
1: Thank you, Dan. Congratulations on five years. Really appreciate you joining us on Raider Nation Radio. All the best.
4: Uh, Thank you very much. We appreciate it.
1: You got it, Dan Quinn, VP and GM of T Mobile Arena. Scotty Gertner put that together, the icon here in town. I don't think anybody has done more for media, for media in all of Las Vegas than the great Scott Gertner. Everybody raise your hand and beep your horn if you know Scotty G, one of the first people I ever met in Vegas. And he's had one of the biggest impacts on my life and my wife's life here in Vegas. So appreciate that. And I celebrate these venues. You know, I was up in Oakland and everybody was bitching and complaining about the Coliseum and this and that and the Warriors are moving. I'm like, stop. Just build it. Just build it and they will come. Building arenas and stadiums are not hurting your hospitals or your roads or your schools. Don't think because they're not building it, all of a sudden it's going to get better. It doesn't work that way. We all have one life. It's shorter than you think. And we should be celebrating going into these unbelievable venues that we have in vegas including t-mobile and now on deck Allegiant stadium if you're going out there on the tours all right when we come back uh, my final thoughts today man i didn't get a chance to get to a lot because we had all these great guests it's also bobby's birthday bobby runs the show been noticing bobby playing a little grateful dead in the background didn't know what we'd get today but it's his birthday like hearing that And we got a big show lined up tomorrow before we head into the long weekend. I'm going to San Diego to play some golf, see some friends, and try to figure out what I'm going to do before the draft and after the draft before it becomes six days a week with the Raider Nation, which I love right here on Raider Nation Radio.
3: Ryan Thompson comes to the set. He deals, swing of the drive to right fielder, who's their owner going back, still going back, turns and it's over his head and the Red Sox win the ball game. He got twisted around, didn't make the play.
1: It'll be a two-run double for J.D. Martinez and the Red Sox win it 6-5, to five. can you believe it? JT, back with you as we wrap up the show, brought to you by our good friends at Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. As you know, the Las Vegas Raiders and their fans have a tavern to call their own now with the Raiders Tavern and Grill at the M Resort. It's dubbed the world's only official Raiders-themed restaurant. It's an ode to the silver and black with seating for over 200 guests inside and on the patio. The patio overlooking the pool is unbelievable. Their one-of-a-kind bar is their Remy Martin Bar. Featuring exclusive brands from Remy, including their gin, rum, scotches, and cognacs, and specialty cocktails. It even has a private dining space called the Remy Martin Lounge for events and small groups of up to 20 guests. 45 HD TVs. It's fantastic. And it's open late until 7 a.m. Oh, oh, I love Vegas. Everybody listening around the country. Uh, you listen in on the Raiders app. We're always open in Vegas. See, what happens is I lived in California for 10 years, and I lived in San Diego for eight. So I've been in California for a long time, and I'm born and raised in New York. And depending on what your age is, the worst thing you could see is when you're in a bar having fun with your friends, some guy walks up to you and says, excuse me, you have to leave. And you go, what? And then they go, yeah. And in California, I'd go, like, but it's only 1.10 a.m. And they will like, yeah, but you close at 2.00. Yeah, but we'd like you to move to the front of the bar. We're closing now. Why? Then why do you say the bars are open till 2? They're not. New York used to have it, then they opened it up till 4. Not that I'm out till 4 in the morning, but what's great about this new Raiders Tavern and Grill? I am shocked by this. It's open from 11 a.m. to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday and 10 a.m. to 7 a.m. Saturday and Sunday. So let me get this right. 7 a.m. So you're at the M Resort, or you're anywhere, and you go, hey, I got a couple of Raider buddies in town. I want to get a cocktail and a burger or some food. I want to go to the Remy Martin Bar inside this tavern and grill. It's open till 7 in the morning. Wow. Only in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. The new campaign, wink, wink, coming. Vegas is back. I heard some insight on that campaign, which you won't believe. So how about that? Open till 7 a.m. There'll be a few Raider fans uh, rolling in there about 2.30 in the morning looking for a little nightcap and some food to help them go to sleep. Uh, that is great to know. I did not know that. I did not know that the Raiders Tavern and Grill is open till 7 a.m. That's a beautiful thing. All right, so we've been speaking about golf for obvious reasons. The Masters tee off tomorrow. When I'm on the air tomorrow, we'll have leaderboard updates. I'm really into the Masters, so... I'm excited about that. We'll really get into that and see who gets off to a good start and who wins. I'm I'm choosing between Justin Thomas, who I'm not a Justin Thomas guy, but I think he's playing really well coming in, and Bryson DeChambeau. I think that Bryson DeChambeau could win this, and if he does, it'll be a hell of a story to get him in that fraternity of green jackets. I usually pick Phil to win, but I think Phil now is at the age where he's not going to win And again, the breaking news story today about Tiger Woods. I'm going to do more on this coming up, Uh, the excessive speed in the Tiger Woods car accident. If you didn't hear about this today, as more and more of the sound has come in, Tiger Woods' February crash was caused by excessive speed. He was traveling from 84 to 87 miles an hour on a downhill stretch of road in the outskirts of Los Angeles. The speed limit was 45 And he was going 75 when his car hit the tree. That comes from Sheriff Alex Villanueva. As you know, no traffic citations were issued. There is so much more to this story. I'm telling you, this just feels wrong. Authorities said there was no evidence of impairment or of distracted driving. So they didn't have probable cause to get those warrants. Investigators, however, did search The SUV's data recorder, known as the Black Box, Villanueva blamed the crash solely on excessive speed, and Woods lost control behind the wheel. Detectives did not seek search warrants for blood samples from Tiger, which could have been screened for drugs or alcohol, or his cell phone. Sheriff's officials said Woods told deputies that he had not ingested medication or alcohol before the crash. I never thought alcohol was an issue at that time in the morning. Medication, potentially, but we won't know here. So that is a big story. And then the other story that we continue to cover is Deshaun Watson. And as we said earlier in the show, the fact that Nike has dropped him is a massive story. Because that means Nike, a Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company, I believe, has basically said that we don't believe you or we're not confident of the outcome here. So we're going to walk away from this. And this is clearly because of the two women who filed suits who spoke out in the fact that they were very sincere with the problem that they had with Deshaun Watson. And Nike said, we're out. We're out at this point in time. Now, remember, Nike dropped Tiger. Remember when Nike, they didn't completely drop him, but they did at one time with his problems with pain pills in the accident the accident that he had when he was, not the accident, well, he had two accidents, the accident where he ran over the fire hydrant when his wife was coming after him with the 5-iron, and then the horrific DUI where he was under all those drugs and pain pills. Then he got pulled over, and he didn't know where he was in Jupiter, Florida. So this is incredible what Tiger Woods has been through. And now there is a call for to, to see if Commissioner Roger Goodell will put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner exempt list. That is a big deal that's happening. Mike Florio, earlier today, put this up at profootballtalk.com. The NFL has devised the concept of paid leave as a device for getting controversial players off the field at a time when games are being played. In the offseason, the league generally is not exclusively on top of this and has avoided using the commissioner exempt list. Since there are no football activities which to bar a player but if you remember in 2019 Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs voluntarily stayed away from the off-season program while an investigation occurred regarding an injury suffered by his son he was eventually cleared and he returned to the training facility the 22 civil cases and at least two criminal complaints against Deshaun Watson coupled with the possibility of more allegations and a potential federal sex trafficking investigation require the NFL to do something other than issue a statement that says, basically we take it very seriously, but we're going to wait and see what happens. So this is a huge developing story. Mike Florio was an attorney. I think he laid that out pretty well. He laid that out pretty well at pro football talk. If you want to take a look at it and try to surmise what's going to happen next, which is really just a guess I'm guessing along the fact that what's going to happen here is Deshaun Watson will be brought in front of a judge. The DA and the police will file this investigation. There's an open police case now, and then eventually the DA will pick up on it, and it'll go to court. And then there could be a trial here, and if that happens, all hell's going to break loose for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Very quickly here on the Golden Knights going forward, very important time for them. Coming off the win that they had, It's an important win with their unbelievable performance for the Golden Knights. Now the Golden Knights have got to get rolling again. You come off a six-goal game, you have two elite goaltenders, elite. You can rest, you can play them, you can go with the hot one. you got to now start getting on a roll. So coming off the 6-1 victory, which is a pretty big deal, and then we have the opportunity tonight at St. Louis before two games, at home against Arizona Friday and Sunday, then back at the Kings, which Kings are playing well, and then the two games against the Ducks and home to San Jose. This is when they roll. All right, this is when they roll. They lost two games to Minnesota, one in a shootout. They got to sweep St. Louis and then bury Arizona, beat L.A., beat Anaheim, and then they'll have three against San Jose. This schedule opens up very nicely for the Golden Knights going forward. But they got to start rolling now. This is where they have to distance themselves. They got to get back into the hunt. And as we look at the standings out west, uh, Colorado, who's now the favorite to win the cup, they have 56 points. Vegas has 52, Minnesota 48. So I believe now that Colorado's won five in a row, they're 8 0 2 in their last 10. They are streaking. The Golden Knights now, and their schedule is more prone for them to get hot and catch Colorado. You want to get that one seed in the West. you got to get that one seed in the West, and we'll see how it plays out. So I'm excited to talk Vegas Golden Knights hockey again tomorrow. And then there's a lot of baseball news that we'll get to in the NBA. But for me, it's all about the Masters. I'll be heading out to San Diego for a long weekend to play some golf with my buddies, get some beach time in, because that's what we do this time of year. And it should be a lot of fun, and good to see that Fernando Tatis won't need surgery. On that shoulder, uh, that could have been really brutal. Really brutal for the Padres. And I like watching the Padres from Tony going to this new team. I think they're going to be real exciting. And then after tomorrow, next week, as I was on a meeting earlier this morning on a Zoom with my bosses and my other show for Sirius XM, the amount of draft coverage that we're going to have on this show and then show I'm doing at night with all the insiders is going to be great. And we will have that Raiders draft pick surrounded surrounded on all sides happy birthday again to bobby bobby puts the whole show together he's the heart and soul of the show bobby have a great birthday have a great time working tonight with the vegas golden knights and we'll get ready tomorrow masters thursday i'm fired up for tomorrow thanks for listening to raider nation radio all right
0: thanks guys have a great day